Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your girl, Aida Rodriguez, and welcome to another episode of Truth Serum. Um, I want to thank all of you for showing up and showing out, for sharing um, the shows. We had a show a couple of weeks ago where 10,000 of you watched within an hour, so I just want to say thank you. I mean, not uh, the, the biggest numbers for some people, but I appreciate you because those of you who show up uh, interact and have something to say and you're reading and you're engaging and you are uh, part of the process. Whereas some of us are just, uh, some of them are just letting life happen to them. Um, I wanted to share one thing with you because we are voting um, very soon. And unlike a lot of people who are out here telling you not to vote, just wanted to share to please make sure that if someone puts a letter, a check mark, a star, an R or a D or any writing of any kind on your ballot, please request a new ballot because your ballot can be disqualified if anything is written on it. And I am getting this from um, someone who's a poll manager, who is a, a, a poll manager who's been trained to be a poll manager. So please, if you see, check, look at your ballot. If you see any letters on it, even if you are a Democrat and they put a D on it, say, can I get a new ballot? Because they are doing all kinds of tricks and we have to be aware. Um, I want to uh, just welcome my guests uh, coming to the show tonight. We're actually performing. We're going to raise money for a charity. One of uh, my favorite people to uh, to listen to on a podcast, watch on the Young Turks, see on a stage, do stand up, and the tweets. Uh, also, my wait, wait, uh, don't tell me, buddy. If you're not there, I don't want to be there. <laughs> Alonzo Bowden, what's up, Alonzo? Ida, how are you? How are you? It's so good to be here. You know, it's funny you mentioned the 10,000 people watching, and that's a great number. And and I'm the same way. Like, I enjoy that. But then you see some people that have, you know, 2 million people watching. And and here's what I'll do. I'll take off my shirt, and we either go to 15,000 yeah. or 27. It could go either way. So I... <laughs> you know what? I used, to, I used to care about stuff like that. And then I started thinking... You know what exactly? What do you have to do for two million people to watch? And it really isn't um, doesn't require much, but it does require a lot. And I'm not willing to do that. So, <laughs> well, you know, um, you know, Greg Fitzsimmons, you know, Fitz. Yeah. He and I were talking about it once and he said something to me that was very interesting and it's very true. So you have 10,000 viewers, but there are 10,000 viewers engaged into watching you as opposed to having, you know, a uh, uh, 100,000 followers, whatever, but they don't care. They're just clicking on because it's a flash or noise or anything like that. And he was saying, he said, it's better to have real fans than just random followers, you know, because, cause, I mean, then it just becomes a race for the number. And as you know, it's gotten to where we're, we're often judged by that race for the number but what are you going to do to get that number? You know, so it, yeah, I listen, I think you're fantastic. I can listen to your opinions all day. And the fact that you are very easy on the eyes is a bonus. And yeah, I know I'm going to get hit for saying that, but I said it, she's pretty. So what? Yeah. Get mad at me. I'll say it again. She's pretty. She's pretty as a model. You know why? Cause she was a model. I said it. I don't care. You, Call I me names. That. Look, that's Alonzo with the goatee. <laughs> um, I, I actually, the person who sent me that text was Chris Spencer. His aunt mm -hmm. is a poll manager 
and she is uh, she's just wanting people to know some of the tricks that are out there um, to get people's ballots can be disqualified because of somebody wrote anything on them and they're doing that. There are uh, lots of technicalities involved in voting and and you can, you know it's like the thing of did you use a black or a blue pen on your mail in ballot, which in some states makes a difference. So like you said, you have to do that because I think in this election, and, and I'm a supporter of Biden-Harris, I don't, I don't mind saying it, but I think it's like playing basketball five on seven because you're playing the five players on the other team and the referees. You know, we, yeah. we've sadly, and I know we're gonna talk about this, but we've reached a point where the courts and the judges and all, that's all on the conservative side. So to win this election, it can't be close. It has to be a yeah. definite win because if it's close and it's left up to the courts, we already know how the court's gonna go. Well, let's get into it. You know, there's no better person to roast the headlines than uh, with you. We are uh, watching Amy Coney Barrett seek, um, you know, pursuing a seat on our highest court, the Supreme Court. She has been very interesting uh, to watch because when they talked about climate change board versus uh, uh, Brown versus the Board of Education, um, and even the Brown versus board of the Board of Education is what where I, why I'm stumbling. It, it was beyond me that in the current day they were one of the questions she was asked was, "Do you think the president has the right to invalidate votes?" from people based on their race. And I'm like, this is 2020, <laughs> 2020 y'all. And so would, did you see that? Well, I'll be honest with you. I haven't been watching the hearings. I watch the highlights, I, I read about it. And the reason is this isn't a confirmation hearing, it's a railroad. I mean, McConnell said going in, that they're going to get they're going to get their supreme court justice so this is all just a formality right just to show she's been asked a number of things and she's like i have no opinion i don't know you're supposed to be a supreme court justice there seems to be a lot you don't know about that's right you know what i mean like what do you, what do you mean you don't know so will they uh they won't flip brown versus board Edu board of education they will ignore it. That's already been shown. They're, they've already, we've already had some school districts that are going back to segregation. And once again, they use, they they reverse the meaning of a rule or a law, right? So, so it's like you fight for civil rights and you say that you can't do blank based on race. And then they make it all white again, like it was before that and say, hey, you can't use race. You know, so, um, and the, the other thing the Republicans did in this uh, confirmation, in this battle, and this was brilliant Republican strategy. They are good at fighting. I will give them that. They brought up the religion thing over and over. Democrats are using religion. Democrat, when no Democrat used religion, because the, then if any Democrat did mention religion, you were falling into the trap, right? But the truth is it should be brought up because this woman is just short of a cult. I mean, her group called women handmaids up until the TV show and we all found out what handmaids were. 
That's right. That's right. Well, you know what? She was also asked um, some questions about the Constitution, which she's supposed to be upholding. And it went a little like this. Um, what are the five freedoms of the First Amendment? Speech, religion, press, assembly, speech, press, religion, assembly, I don't know. What am I missing? Re redress or protest. Okay. Um, right. <laughs> it's good to know. It's good to know a Supreme Court justice doesn't know the First Amendment. That's the one you wouldn't. Why well, be bothered with that one? They all seem to know the Second Amendment. You know, let's arm the the gangs. And I, I somebody pointed it out to me. They corrected me. Do not call them militias. They are not militias. They are white supremacist gangs. They're they're good with the amendment that allows those nuts to have any kind of weapon they want but that whole freedom to protest hmm, well i haven't heard of that one gonna have to reverse that <laughs> in this very moment that's the one that she forgot um you know i i, I believe people have a right to be conservative and i have a, i believe that people have a right to be liberal what i don't believe is that people have the right to use their personal beliefs to restrain other people or, and keep other people from living their lives the way they choose to live, as long as they are not hurting children and other people and following the rules and obeying the laws of the land. There's something that was celebrated about her. Lindsey Graham said, referred to the good old days of segregation. He called it, he actually said the good old days. They are hiding in plain sight right now. I mean, did you see that? I'm sure you saw. I, I had a bit years ago. Uh, this goes back to the Bush era where I said, you know, these white these conservatives, these Republicans, they always want to go back to the good old days. I'm black. I don't have good old days. You know, they, what, what would be the good old days for black people? Right. Wait, wait. Hey, remember the back of the bus? Oh, that was fun. You know, here's the thing. And, and I read this really interesting op ed about the Supreme Court. You know, they have this big thing, oh, Democrats are gonna expand the court, expand the court. And I wish I could remember who wrote it, but this, this person said, don't just expand the court, do a major expansion of the court. They said, if we had 29 justices, then no one justice would matter that much. And they said, and when you do the expansion, expand both sides, bring in more, uh, I hate the term liberal justices, but I'll use it, bring in more liberal, and bring in more conservative because think if we had 29 justices if it took 15 justices for a majority opinion then no one matters that much it, it wouldn't matter that much to be replacing the notorious ruth Bader ginsburg with the handmaiden because you, you know what i mean because it would be one vote of 29 rather than one vote of nine so i think that is one of the best ideas i've read about the Supreme Court. I don't think it will be done because our government can't agree on little things, let alone something as big as that. Um, my big problem with this woman, this originalist theory. Yes. And another thing I read, and, and this was uh, before Kavanaugh with the prior Supreme Court justice. Interesting thing about the Constitution, it ha it's not used to take away rights, it's used to give them. The only time it took them away was when they tried prohibition. But if you look at the amendments to the Constitution, they're always positive, right? Whether it be end slavery or give women the right to vote 
or or whatever, their idea of using the Constitution to move backwards goes against everything it's ever been used for. You know, um, Lindsey Graham, um, the reason why I'm picking on him is because to watch his flip flop, you know, he really he's an interesting person. He's the one that said a couple of days ago that blacks are welcomed in South Carolina to move about freely so long as they are conservative. And, you know, and then he made the comment about the good old days and the fact that he has just been so vocal with his bigotry, because that's all it is. It's just uh, an indicator to me about how these people are no longer, they're no longer hiding anything. They're just being very, very upfront about how they feel, you know, stand back and stand down. The, it's, it almost feels like we're headed to civil unrest, towards a civil unrest, because it, it feels like they just don't care anymore. They're just like, you know what? I don't like black people. That's, that's the next thing. Like that, That's what I'm waiting on to come out of his mouth. Well, this has been the Trump effect. You know, the Trump effect is say anything you want with no repercussion. And then if there is a slight repercussion, oh, I was just kidding. Oh, that was sarcasm. You know, uh, yeah, the dog whistle left a long time ago. There's no dog whistle. They're shouting it from the rooftops. And it is because that's their base. You know, Lindsey Graham and and uh, I really didn't like that Diane Feinstein hug of Lindsey Graham. I don't know what the hell she was thinking, but that's that's another story. But they showed that there's a commercial. I'm sure you've seen the commercial where the entire narration of the anti-Trump commercial was Lindsey Graham, all the anti-Trump statements he made and the flip he's done. And he hasn't really flipped because he's always been an old South Carolina uh, racist. Uh, my mother is from South Carolina, by the way, and <laughs> it was, she got the hell out, you know, and she told us that had she stayed, she would have been, remember the movie, The Help? Yep. She said that would have been her future had she stayed. And that's why she got out. And she actually did work in that capacity through her senior year in high school, because it was the only way to go to a place. What they used to do, I'm sorry for going on so long, but I have experience with this. What they used to do in South Carolina to keep black people out of college was black schools only went to the 11th grade. You could not complete the 12th grade. So to complete the 12th grade, she had to go to work for a white family where there was a school that she could do the 12th grade. And then she left and went to college. So those are the good old days in South Carolina. And that's who Lindsey Graham is. Well, um, Trump. Uh, had uh, COVID allegedly, and um, moving on because Lindsey was pissing me off, and um, I, I and and he he took a picture with the guy who founded the Proud Boys. Like he's just gone, you know. He's gonna wear his, he'll have his KKK uh, garbs on very soon. Um, but moving on, Donald Trump has had uh, allegedly what came down with COVID nineteen. Um, in a record five days, he beat it. His base has gone crazy now because now they are, he is that guy's guy that we always knew that he was. He can kick anybody's ass, including COVID-19. Um, but there are some people who don't believe that he actually had it. And I've read a lot of these theories. I mean, I don't know if you remember, but right the day before Donald Trump allegedly came down with COVID, the Melania tapes were released where she said, you know, 
fuck Fox News, fuck Christmas, you know, give her a break about the immigration kids. She wore the jacket to piss the liberals off. They weren't, you know, they, nobody was going this crazy when Obama had the kids in the cages. All of those tapes were going, they, they were all over the place. And then boom, the next day, her and Donald Trump have COVID. And the ladies um, of The View, a few of them don't believe that he actually had it. Um, they actually talked about it on the show. Just the more he talks, the less I think he had it, personally. That's just me. That's me just too. me. Me too. I, I, I I'm just, starting to I'm think starting that to, too, I'm starting to feel like, yeah. really? Because I just feel like, wait a minute, five days, five days. You're the only person on the face of the earth, on the face of the earth. And if you're comparing yourself to Jesus, <laughs> you know, you're saying five days, that's all it took. People have not been able, still haven't been able to get out of the bed. So I just, I, I don't and know. And you and couldn't get the information. I just feel weird about it. No. Well, and I don't, you, I mean, you know, I'm I just. I'm agreeing with you. I don't understand the lack of transparency. access to the same drugs. Ana Navarro was uh, trying to get uh, out that she didn't understand the lack of transparency. But I do because it's been consistent. It's a motif there. Um, do you think he had it, Alonzo? You know, um, first of all, can I say that you and you know, I, I texted you about this and you had the best tweet <laughs> there was when Melania claimed she had COVID for all the listeners. Ida simply tweeted, I don't care. Do you? Which was brilliant coming from Melania's jacket when she went to uh, see the kids who were being held in cages. So I that was the drop the mic tweet on that one. Uh, I talked about this. Here's the thing, over 20,000 lies proven, right? Like documented, he's lied over 20,000 times, which makes it difficult to believe him. I am not a, a crazy conspiracy guy, but on this one, the conspiracy is believable because there's a lot of reasons for him to fake having it. Mainly, uh, like last night, avoiding another debate, avoiding any difficult questions, right? He could, cause he can now control who comes close, who asks questions. Um, and yeah, his base, but see his base, you know, we talked about it a little before the show. It doesn't really matter with his base cause it's a cult. They, so there's no, there's like truth doesn't matter. Reality doesn't matter. The cult's going to believe anything. Are there experimental treatments for certain people? Absolutely. Um, they, they said when Magic Johnson was HIV positive because of who he is and because of his money, there were certain treatments done that not everyone got right away that came out later. Uh, the same thing with, um, oh, why am I blanking on him? Lance Armstrong. Mm -hmm. You know, I knew a guy in sports medicine and he was telling me, yeah, when Lance Armstrong got testicular cancer, there were certain gene experimental gene therapies that they did on him because of who he was to get him healthy again now here's the big difference magic johnson lance armstrong athletes supreme physical specimens unbelievable the shape they were in trump eh, not so much not so much a supreme physical specimen so i don't know if i believe it but i can believe the reasons that it's a lie yeah, I do too. I did hear though um, the the interviews that he did where he sounded very sick and you could hear him coughing. 
and um, you know he sounded pretty bad. Um, and one of the theories is that he's he's had COVID for quite some time. But to your point, in terms of his constituency feeling more like a fan base or a cult as opposed to people who are willing to hold this political person, this public servant accountable for his job and hold him accountable for the, you know, the money that he makes based on the tax dollars that we pay. He had a town hall and uh, one of the questions came from a woman who apparently thought she was talking to Edward from Twilight. Like, it felt like, I mean, and that's what, and listen, across the aisle, I feel that way about Kamala. I feel that way about Biden. I felt that way about Obama, Clinton. I've always felt that way. These are public servants. We are not your fans. You work for us. We pay you with our tax dollars. We are supposed to hold you accountable, right or wrong. We're supposed to point out what you're not doing wrong. We're supposed to, I mean, hold hold the light up and say, this is what you're supposed to be doing. But she wanted to ask him a question and she reacted like this. Thank you. Good evening, Mr. President. Thank you, Thank you very much. I have to say you have a great smile. Got you. Okay. Thank you. As, so he does. You're so handsome when you smile. Why not? Why not? You know, <laughs> honestly, they said that this changed with Kennedy because that was the first televised. I think that was the first televised debates, Kennedy versus Nixon. And, you know, Kennedy, it was like, remember, this was such a different time. It was a huge thing when JFK showed up without a hat, right? They were like, oh, my God, the man's not wearing a hat. Democrats are held to a different standard. He didn't wear a hat. Obama wore a tan suit, That's both right. of them, horrible, horrible people, right? So little different standard. Republican, 20,000 lies. Democrat, you didn't wear a hat. Yeah. But they said your look on TV does make a difference, right, wrong, or indifferent. It does. It's part of it, right? It's part of the image. Part of it is you want somebody who looks healthy who looks reasonable. I mean, that, that's one thing about Trump. He just doesn't look like a healthy person. Whereas like Barack Obama, you know, he looked great, but you could also see the job, right? Because remember, they show any president going into the White House and coming out of the White House and they age at three times normal, you know? Um, so it, it, for this cult member, oh, you have a pretty smile. Why the hell not? Here's another thing, maybe, Maybe she doesn't support Trump, but she's from that world where her mother said, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything. And she was just like, what can I say? What can, let's see, policy's terrible, ignorant, he lies, he's a racist, misogynist. The smile, I'll credit his dentist. Maybe that was it. <laughs> I, I would believe you if she wasn't. She, she couldn't compose herself. And you know what's funny? I thought about this was a big moment for him because he had to hear for eight years how handsome Barack Obama was. And you know that he has a he has an obsession with Barack Obama. President Obama just hit a nerve for him. And so that's why he worked so hard to undo everything that uh, President Obama did. But to finally hear out loud and in public the next thing he needs to hear is somebody to tell him that he's smart 
and he is going to explode on camera because I'm sure he never hears that he's handsome or uh, that he smiles. So I, I thought that was a big moment for him because finally somebody said that he was handsome when he smiled, which I beg to differ. <laughs> I think well, you know, power is attractive. Um, I had a friend. I keep saying had. I got, well, I haven't talked to this person in a long time. Back when I used to do USO military shows, uh, they were high up in the USO. So they used to go to a lot of these powerful political fundraisers and events in Washington, D.C. And they said one time, they said, look, politicians are just ugly movie stars. Yes. Um, <laughs> there is an attraction to power that you can't deny it. Uh, powerful, particularly with powerful men, a lot of women find attractive just because they're powerful. It's not their physical appearance. And if they have the physical appearance, that's a bonus. But, um, you know, if you look at, uh, you know, let's listen, I'll even go back to Bill Clinton in often. God bless him. He did a great job. He balanced the budget. But uh, do you think 20 something year old women are falling for Bill Clinton if he's managing a Home Depot? Mm, probably not. <laughs> I will say this. Uh, first of all, Donald Trump's makeup looks like it's being administered by a mortician, not a makeup. <laughs> the the blotches and the, the discoloration, it's like that. But trying that's the sweat. That's flop sweat. Like you, you know, you do the makeup. I mean, you know this, right? You're on camera. When when they do your makeup and then the lights hit you and it gets hot, you start sweating. So the makeup artist has to do touch-ups. Well, imagine if you sweat like that all the time just because you're in horrible condition and you live on Big Macs and, you know, fried chicken. And isn't it interesting that a racist loves Kentucky fried chicken? Shouldn't <laughs> we be able to keep that to ourselves? But anyway. <laughs> so funny. I, um, you know, I when I think about um, you're right about the the you know, the Bill Clinton effect and the, the Donald Trump effect. The funny thing is people get very upset with me when I say this. Donald Trump is an elitist. I know people who know him. He wouldn't throw, he wouldn't spit on that woman if she was on fire. You look at the, the his track record of the women that he's courted and he has been involved with. He, you know what I mean? Like you look at them and you're like, he would never, ever, ever, you know, they said he wouldn't let somebody get in the elevator with him because they were nobody. So I just think it's interesting to see these people, you know, just there's this romanticizing about Donald Trump makes me feel so sad for them because they usually live in the worst conditions and their lives get worse as a result of his elitism and, and his practices. But they love him undeniably because he's the Dukes of Hazard to them, not the leader of the free world. Well, the um, just really quick, the elitist thing, and again, this is where the Republican Party, they're, they're good at their branding and they stay on message, right? So they always talk about the liberal elites. Right. And then they go home to their mansions, to their vacation homes, they get on their private jet, they get in a yacht. I mean, do you think Republican senators are not rich? Do you think they're not, you know, elitist and living in above average lifestyle? Of course they are, you know, but but they say the Democrats are, and, and the reason it works is they all say it all the time. They right. all, so yeah, Donald Trump, it's, it's an elitist and he was born into it. That's the other thing he hasn't, you know, he's a great businessman. Like, no, he's not. 
No, he's not. He he has learned to use bankruptcy to cover his mistakes. His father's money has bailed him out numerous times. You, if if an average person came to you and had had bankrupted three casinos, that's the amazing one. To bankrupt a casino, to bankrupt a place, people go to casinos and what do they say? Oh, I brought a hundred bucks I can afford to lose. I brought 500 bucks I could lose this weekend. Imagine having a business people walk in and say, I can lose money here. And you're like, I don't know how to turn a profit on this. How am I <laughs> going to make this work? And that's what you call a brilliant businessman? No. Well, uh, moving on to the next story, because uh, <laughs> listen, three bankrupt. There's nothing to say after you say he bankrupted three casinos. I I know three people who have serious gambling problems. <laughs> <laughs> How you managed to bankrupt a casino, let alone three, just speaks volumes to your business practices. You you gotta have a certain le- set of skills to bankrupt a casino. Um, Okay, so Ice Cube sat down with Donald Trump and started trending for sitting down with Donald Trump. Quite a few people attacked him. There were quite a few men who uh, supported him and said that, you know, what is wrong with talking to both parties about the Black agenda? Because it is, it should not be a partisan issue. And um, he tweeted in defense of himself because, I mean, when I, you know, he was getting it. And he said, when I got to, uh, when I got bus to school, homies called me a sellout. When I started rapping in 1983, bangers called me a sellout. When I left NWA, they called me a sellout. When I start doing movies, rappers call me a sellout. When I started my own league, the arena said it was a sellout. Now, uh, that league, I was told, um, he got some money from Steve Bannon for that league. Black progress is a bipartisan issue. When when we created the contract with Black America, we accepted, I I guess he said, accepted to talk to both sides of the aisle. Talking truth to power is part of the process. Now, a lot of people defended Ice Cube and said, we're supposed to be holding both political parties accountable. And sure, we should be sitting down with both political parties. And then there were the people who said, Donald Trump has lied how many times, Alonzo? 20,000. So what you do you think he's telling the truth now? Go ahead. Well, this one uh, you know, is tough one for me. And, and I read the article that you sent. It's very interesting in the article that at some point, they had to tell Jared Kushner and the um, Republican people that Ice Cube was an influence in the black community. And it's like, if you don't know who Ice Cube is, you know what I mean? Like if you had to be told who he is, how much are you gonna help? Mm-hmm. I get what Ice Cube is saying. You, you wanna deal with both sides. But I also, this was like Steve Harvey. This was uh, to much lesser extent when uh, Dave Chappelle said on Saturday Night Live when Trump got elected, give him a chance. And then Chappelle came back and said, I was wrong, you know, et cetera, et cetera. They've shown who they are, right? You you have the Lindsey Graham quote about South Carolina. They've shown who they are. Now, the other side of it is, well, Democrats haven't done enough. They Listen, I'd roll my dice on the Democrats. And the Biden campaign didn't say they won't talk to Ice Cube. They said, we'll talk to you after the election. They said, we're in the campaign right now. 
will talk to you after the election. Uh, there's, you know, people still have a beef with Barack Obama saying Barack Obama didn't do enough for black people. But Barack Obama for six of his eight years was fighting against the Senate on every single issue. So, you know, am I going to sit up here and call Ice Cube a sellout? In no way am I. Now, you want to talk about a businessman? That man's created an empire. There's a businessman for you. So, you know, he's besides being a rapper and movie star, he's an intelligent man and he is a businessman. I respect him. Would I ever go talk to the Trump administration? No, because I, I, they're not going to do anything. Jared Kushner, if one thing Jared Kushner's shown is that he's not good at anything. Every, everything he's been put in charge of, he's done nothing, whether it be dealing with Israel or the coronavirus or, or anything else. So, so, um, I, I got no hate for Ice Cube for doing this. I think it's a waste of his time. And I think they were their their attempt is to use him as a puppet and he said he's not going to be used but they were just hoping that they could get a photo op or or somehow associate his name with their party uh but you know yeah he that, that's it i'm 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 kind of i hate to be but i'm non-committal well no i'm not going to say i'm non-committal I'm not going to drag Ice Cube for doing this. Um, he is, you know, it's like when Jay-Z joined the NFL. He said, look, there's a time to protest and then there's a time for action and I'm going to get involved with them for action and I'm not going to be taken advantage of. And I don't think uh, people like Jay-Z or Ice Cube can be manipulated and taken advantage of. This isn't a Candace Owen or a, or a Herman Cain. This right. is somebody who's stronger than that. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not going to drag Ice Cube either. I think um, one of the things that I saw, a lot of the things that I read were that a lot of white people who were upset about their white issues were upset with Ice Cube, but the Black agenda is always secondary to a lot of those agendas. Sure, climate change is an issue. Sure, that we, we're, we're dealing with a lot of issues in this country, but the fact that there are more... more probably more black men in prison right now than are free, that they're being murdered and women are being killed. What happened with Breonna Taylor, what happened with George Floyd, what happened with Ahmaud Aubrey. We, and you know, we are dealing with a crisis and it is, it is a real crisis and it may not seem like a real crisis to you if that's not your reality. Ice Cube is specifically speaking to the issues of black people in this country. And he took his, plan to both parties. But the reality of a law or any um, you know, initiative going into practice in the next two to three weeks is highly unlikely. And we all know that politicians all tell us everything we want to hear before the election. We have to see after they get in office if they're actually going to do anything. And I think people need to understand the political process in this country a little bit better. Because when people do say that about Barack Obama, as if he could just snap his fingers and um, and just make something happen, they didn't realize that he couldn't even get Merrick Garland into, into the Supreme Court. They shut him down. And now here they're trying to get this handmade into the Supreme Court. Um, and so I just think that, you know, Black people in this country and people of color are always held to a higher standard than everybody else with less of the resources. Well, Ida, 
Um, once again, I'm going to go sexist and the people are going to hate me in the comments and this and that. But you, as an attractive woman, are used to men saying anything trying to get what they want. <laughs> this is what politicians do. They'll say anything three weeks before the election. This is what I would love. What if, what if the country, the constitution, well, the constitution tries already, but what if they were to treat black people, Latin people, other, I always say other because that includes every group outside of that white process. What if they were to treat you like people so that human rights just apply to you? You know, what if you didn't have to have, like, what if we were got to a point, and I know it's a dream, but what if we got to a point where there didn't have to be a black agenda because everyone was treated equally. Like they can't even imagine that. They can't even imagine not separating you because you're black or not separating you because you're a woman or not separating you because you're Latinx or not separating you because you're gay or whatever. And to just have the rights apply to you, you know? Um, the people fighting, you know, there's always, you know, you say black lives matter and they're like, oh, white lives matter, all lives matter. Well, those lives aren't in danger. You know, I've been saying this for a long time. If I say save the whales, I'm not saying fuck the dolphins. <laughs> I'm saying the whales are having a rough time right now, you know? No. Uh, so yeah, it, let, let black people be treated as human and then black rights become human rights. I'm with you. Um, speaking of black rights, Diddy is at it again. He reveals the launch of a black political party called Our Black Party. He, uh, he went back on a statement when he said we needed to hold our vote hostage. Um, I watched a little bit of the interview as much as I could. And he said that he, um, he he takes that back and he doesn't think that we should be holding our vote hostage, it, that people, you know, took his message as no, don't vote. And so now he wants to launch a political party. And, you know, mind you, we are in how many days away from the election? Is it 21, 20, 21? Yeah, about that. Mm -hmm. So it, it, I, I, I just... This is my, my my issue with all of these people is that they are all is uh it's like uh Jay Z said you can't change a player's game in the ninth inning. They all came out like in the last three months. Where y'all been? Where were y'all when there were eleven people on that stage? Where were you during all of this time? Why is it that because all of po po politics is on mainstream activism has gone mainstream everybody's making money off of, off of this everybody's got merchandise everybody has got a platform where everybody's at home so they're streaming they want you to go to their platforms so that they can get money and and the american people who are vulnerable in this moment who don't have maids and are not making uh you know the money that the top one percent is making are are just going back and forth trying to figure out who they should follow because they're so desperate for change because people are dying they don't have jobs they're getting evicted and so now everybody's coming out with a political agenda they got but why now where y'all been well this you know the thing about holding the vote hostage right to do that to not vote is a republican vote to not vote is a vote for trump and that was shown in the last election where the Democratic Party separated and that's how Trump got in. 
I want to address uh, uh, someone that I see in the comments. It's one Bonnie. And they, they commented, so the same old, same old is what we need. No, this is what this is what I believe the Democrats need to do. And this is why we can't hold the vote hostage or further separate the party. Look at the Republicans. Now, I'm not a fan of their agenda, but I am a fan of their operation. What do they do? They all come together. Why? To get the power. And this is what they've done. You can look at it over the last 20, even 40 years. They've come together. They've got the power. Once they get the power, they have all these different, you know, the extreme right wing, the this and that. We had the Tea Party and all of that. They get the power and then they start moving things to the right. So to the progressives, I say, and, and I, I believe a lot of the progressive agenda, I get it. I understand the progressive anger with the Democratic Party. You have to get the power first. You have to win. If the Democrats win, if the Democrats get the presidency, get the Senate, have the Congress, then the AOCs and the, the squad and people like that, then your voice becomes much more powerful because you can get something done. Then you start pushing to the left and you bring in these agendas, whether it be the, the agenda of climate, and I hate using that word, but I'll use it, the agenda of climate or or different rights for different groups or, or just something simple as take down the Confederate names off of military bases, which is, is the kind of thing that's ridiculous. The, the ditties and the, you know, Kanye, who's ridiculous, whatever. I don't know how much credibility we can give these people. I mean, obviously they have a loud voice. They have a lot of following and this and that. I don't, like you said, where were they? I don't know how involved they are. And I'm, I'm not, I, Celebrity and politics have now mixed, yeah. um, good, bad, or indifferent. But as far as the party goes, uh, as far as separating the party more and now having a black virgin, the Republicans love that. They would love another separation. Let's separate the Latinos. Let's separate, let's separate to 20 different because the Republicans are all going to stay together. And it's easier to beat, you know, divide and conquer is an old strategy. So... Well, I wanted you to address this because I get a lot of people, um, you know, I get people who are, they call us non-foundational Blacks. They'll say, you guys are from the Caribbean. You're not descendants of slaves from America. So, you know, this is a specific issue to the Black people in this country. The Democrats, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris have been very problematic when it comes to our criminal justice system. They've both been involved in acts that have been oppressive, which... I always say those are the systems that have been in place before Joe Biden and Kamala Harris were born. America was racist before it was anything else. So when we talk about these things as if they just appeared that the Democratic Party is not up, has not done anything for black people. Why should we um, why should we, you know, pledge our allegiance to them? But I don't think people really understand what these Republicans are coming for. And as you see this woman having these conversations, who is a religious fanatic, like she is a religious fanatic. She comes from a sect, if you will, because um, I think it's 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 a, a cult is what smaller, and it's, she she comes from a sect. So when we we're having a com we're having conversations about, as you said, rights of black people, rights of gay people, overturning gay marriage. Um, you know, all of the things that they've been talking about, that that's what they what they want this woman to be in power for, like 
and we are those of us who watch The Handmaid's Tale know that it's a woman who does us all in. Um, I just I wanted to get your take on that when the pe when people say, "Hey, the Democrats haven't been exactly great when it comes to black people. Why are we supporting them?" And you you explained it, uh, you know, just now. But I just think I see the comments coming in. The Democrats, the Democrats, the Democrats, the Democrats have not been good. Uh, the you know the Joe Biden and segregation and Joe Biden and the criminal justice system and Kamala. I don't think they realize what these Republicans are coming for. Well, you you brought up so much with that, and I love it. Um, I'll jump right in on that. Okay. To I don't know what order to go in, but I'll go with the order first. What what Biden said in the early '90s again. This gets back to politicians saying whatever they can say to get elected. And at that time, there was a big the whole war on crime and this and that. And he was a politician, and he was saying that 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 fear thing was working and this and that i you know you know what he's done he's changed his mind he's changed his mind he's changed his views that that is a that is a sign of intelligence that you can receive new information and change your views kamala harris when she was a prosecutor in california she did some prosecution of black people that was definitely bad uh wrong whatever it was her job She's, listen, if you want to say she's flipped, and I don't think she's flipped, I think she's changed, but good, because I want her on my side. Hey, do you watch her when she questions these Supreme Court justices? Do you see how she can argue? She's a woman who's a lawyer who's fought for everything in her life. Yeah, I want her on my side arguing. She is, that's what she does, you know? Um, <laughs> jokingly, there was some post about uh, some guy put up a thing like it was before the debate. They said, man, debating with a black woman is something you got to train for from birth. You don't just walk in. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, <saw> that. <laughs> but now to this thing of the Democrats have done nothing for black for black people. Let me tell you what they've done. Let me tell you. So look back in the history civil servants okay my dad was a sanitation man started on a street sweeper made his way up to a garage foreman we were able to own a house in in saint albans which was like a black suburb out in queens you know i i joke all the time with my friends from the hood i grew up with a house we had a lawn and a garage in the 60s 50s and 60s when my dad did that 70, being a civil servant was the only job black people could get where they would be treated fairly and paid the same. That was back when you wanted to get a government job. Okay, that was Civil Rights Act that did that. Unions, unions are a democratic thing. Do you know how much unions helped black people? Because if you were in the union, they couldn't pay you less than the guy next to you based on your race because you were both in the union. So a lot of what we have with, you got to talk to older black people. You got to talk to black people who were there, who are now probably in their 70s or maybe 80s. Who, and, and I feel really bad about black people in their 80s and even 90s who fought this already in the 60s and have to fight it again. That's where Democrats help you. Are you anti-union? Look at your history. Did the unions get fat? Absolutely, they got fat. The auto workers union got fat. They, they, they became corrupt and this and that. But the core, the, the underlying thing with unions, you look at healthcare right now. How did we get healthcare? Workers got healthcare because their unions fought for it. 
We lost it under Reagan. I know because I was a union worker in the 80s. I worked in the aerospace business. I watched it disappear. So when you say the Democrats have done nothing for black people, look at what they've done for the working people because they included black people in the working class. Now, getting back to where you're from, I'm from both, Ida, as you know. My mother's from South Carolina. I can trace my family on my mother's side to slavery, to a freed slave with the, the family Bible with birth written in because they didn't give black people birth certificates and so on. My dad was an immigrant from Honduras and my brother found everything about how my dad um, became to America and became a citizen and, and all of that. The unique experience of black North Americans and it applies to island people too versus racism in Europe and in other countries is slavery. The, the unique experience is the, the historical treatment that black people have suffered. And it does apply to many island people. Now there are some island people, some island black people who will even say they're different than American blacks or even better than American blacks because American blacks don't have a country. And if you're, you know, Jamaican or, or Dominican or etc. You have a country that, listen, that's true. I can't argue with that. I don't think it makes you better, but it is a different history. And I respect that you have your own country, but American blacks have the unique experience, North American, particularly American blacks have the unique experience of slavery. And this country was built on it. And there is a, a inherent bias in the system. The, the Democrats have done more to help us get past that inherent bias and give us opportunity. Integrating schools. I went to integrated. I was bused to white schools. I got an education I would not have received in a black neighborhood. That's just the truth. Should we bring up the education in the black neighborhood? Yes, absolutely. I wish they would. But one of the ways you do that, if you mix kids, because kids aren't inherently racist, they're not born with it. And if you put them together and they find out hey, that black kid ain't that much different than me. That Jewish kid ain't that much different than me. That Puerto Rican kid ain't that much different than me. We like the same sport, video game, et cetera, et cetera. It takes time, but you, you diminish this racism. You take it away. Yeah. Have Democrats done more than the Republicans? Absolutely. And if you're dumb enough to go back and make that argument about Lincoln being a Republican and you ignore the fact that the parties have completely switched uh, identity since then, I'm not going to argue with you because that's just willful ignorance and you're trying to play a game. Yeah. Also that uh, Lincoln freed the slaves as a humanitarian act is also one of the things that I laugh at because it was just business. And um, I think people have romanticized this whole thing. Look, Abraham Lincoln ain't on the penny for nothing. When everybody else on the silver uh, and the silver coins are facing the other way, they all have their backs to him. <laughs> in New York with one of my five percenter friends. Um, okay, so first of all, I'm glad you came and I hope you come more often because I enjoy being I enjoy having conversations with you because I learn stuff from you. You you uh put you know you're funny and uh, I'm not gonna tell you that you're smart because I feel like that's a conversation. <laughs> Ida, you, you you surprised me. You're so smart. I'm like, yeah, no, not bad for a drug dealer, huh? I don't, I just, I don't get it. But I wanted uh, to talk a little bit about the show that we're doing tonight because I I personally have started trying to focus on 
a percentage of my day and of my week going towards positive things. Because if you let yourself be driven by the internet, you will be in a constant state of rage and anxiety and depression. So tonight we're doing a comedy show and we are raising money for WeSpark. Yes. So WeSpark is a cancer care charity, which unfortunately, because of the pandemic, they can't open and operate as they normally do. But what they do is they help not just the person with cancer, the family, um, whether it be they have education about cancers and what their your your family member or friend is dealing with, and so on. They have groups where you you get to talk about it. You get to come in and talk and say, "Hey, I feel this, or I dealt with this, or whatever." They have programs as varied as yoga, like like just exercise again for the patients and as part of the therapy. So we spark is fantastic as a cancer. I call it a cancer support organization, right? It, it, they do that. Um, I've been a part of this for years. Every year we do a big comedy show. Uh, we raise money. There's going to be an auction that, you know, you can do that. It, it's going to be fantastic. I thank you so much for doing it. Russell Peters is going to be on. He's hilarious. We've had great shows in the past. We've had Wanda Sykes. We've had Howie Mandel. We've had Jay Leno. We've had uh, just Wendy Lieberman. Just so many people have have done this. Uh, and now tonight we have to do it virtual, but it's going to be fun. Ida, we're going to be there. We're going to be doing it from WeSpark. Right. And We'll be safe, people. We're going to stay a safe distance from each other. I don't know about Russell Peters. Is Russell Peters ever safe? I'm not yeah. really sure. But but you and me, we'll be. <laughs> I love that guy. And that's what it's for. That's what it supports. So people, if you, you, it's on her screen now. If you can tune in, if you can donate anything and everything helps. And they will be open when the pandemic allows for us to physically uh, be in the same place at the same time. And how do people watch it? So I saw the flyer. I'm like, I just want people are asking. There's a link. If you go, if you go to the flyer or if you just go to wespark.org, you can connect on the click on the link and you can watch it. It starts at uh, seven o'clock Pacific time tonight. Cause I know your fans are all over the country, probably all over the world. So yeah, just go to wespark.org and you can uh, click on from there. It will be streamed. Yay. I'm excited. Uh, Brian Cranston, Lily Tomlin, Ken John, Kate Flannery, Jay Leno, uh, Jeff Goldblum, quite a, a lot of people showing up for this cause. And everybody is we got people zooming in. We have people who have done, you know, videos and, and lending their support that way. And again, when we do it live, we get people they, they come to the event. But this year, just like everything else. We have to do it virtual, just like you and me. We're not in the same place. People probably can't tell that. They're probably looking at this picture saying, wow, that's a weirdly de decorated room that it would have a painting on one wall and books on it. No, people, we're not in the same place. It's like <laughs> magic. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> that's how we're going to do it. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I want to say thank you, Alonzo, for joining me. Um, you are loved in this comment section. They have been showing mad love to you. We have some really good people in this village. Um, I want to encourage you to vote. Um, and I really, it's important. Like I say, I say it all the time. My grandmother couldn't read. And she used to always say, vota para que te respeten, which means vote so that they will respect you because she had such 
Um, she revered and and she just celebrated the idea of being able to vote because when she came here, she came during the civil rights movement and she understood wholly what uh, the right to vote me meant and why they tried to prevent uh, us from voting. So I show up at the polls for her every year. I mean, every, well, every two years um, because we got to vote locally, guys. We keep talking about this. So make sure you show up and you vote, you register, get your ballots early. Um, Colorado, there's a bunch of, uh, of states where you can still uh, register to vote up until next week. So use your vote, use your power, and then hold these people accountable. Alonzo, tell them about your podcast and what else you got going on. Uh, my podcast is Who's Paying Attention? And it's me. It's generally 30 minutes or less. I go quick. I go on the week's news. I give my opinions uh, from anything. It might be, a, I might be talking about Supreme Court justice. And I might be talking about basketball because, you know, it's all that, um, you know, getting back to what you were saying about voting. I really want to touch on this. And I don't know who to attribute this quote to, but it's a quote I love. If it wasn't so important, they wouldn't be trying so hard to stop you from doing it. OK, that's why you vote. If you're in Florida, vote two or three times because we know Florida, there's no rules. There's, we don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But but yeah, I, I really believe that if voting wasn't important, they wouldn't fight so hard. Do you realize how much voter suppression is going on right now? They're doing everything they can to stop people from voting, because, again, they know the fewer people vote, the more likely a Republican is to win. So vote, be informed, get out there and and kudos. I have some I've been reading these people waiting in lines two three five seven eight hours in line to vote i live i live in la and we don't have voter suppression here it's it's a progressive left-wing democratic city we can just go vote so you people who are in these red states in these cities in these places they're making it difficult wow thank you thank yes. you for because it is hard for you to vote you're earning it and i and i so respect and appreciate the effort you put in. So thank you. Those to, those to whom they're making it difficult to vote and you're voting anyway, thank you. Well, I respect and appreciate you and I will see you in a couple of hours and I will see the rest of you uh, next week. Um, and we are gonna be breaking down some of these propositions and some of these laws that we, uh, some of these initiatives that we are voting on. I'm gonna bring some people on board that are gonna, who are experts in this. And I'm just gonna be a moderator, if you will, so that you can get some clarity on these propositions because people have been asking me. So make sure you tune in next Friday. We'll be here again at 12 p.m. But make sure you check us out tonight as we raise money for uh, We Spark. Have a good day. Thank you so we much. WeSpark.org. Thanks, people. And Ida, thank you so much. Love you. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you.